friends, and welcome back to another episode of She Existed, episode 27, in fact. I'm sitting here, well, I was when I was writing this. I'm now recording this, so this isn't true anymore, but uh, whatever. I'm sitting here basking in the crisp autumnal weather that northern Italy does so well, drinking a nice warm mug of coffee, French press coffee, which is a real treat here. Um, And that one is true. I'm still standing in the booth drinking coffee. Don't tell Adam that I'm drinking something in the booth. Um, (laughs) Just taking a little break from planning the epic Halloween party that Adam and I are throwing this Friday. And I thought to myself, I've learned about so many interesting things over the last weeks. And I'm well overdue for a She Existed episode. Um, I may have a lot of other projects going on that I spend a lot of time on. And I may have some paid work in the realm of voice acting that, you know, does take a little bit of a priority. But she existed as a real passion project for me. I just love it so much. And I really hope um, that other people find it interesting and and inspiring as well. Um, But regardless, I love researching this stuff and I love putting it into this format. So I'm just I'm just going to keep doing it (laughs) as often as I possibly can. So, although there is an unnamed woman from antiquity whose story I will share today, um, today's episode is, um, it's actually mostly about a now extinct plant. I guess we could call this episode, It Existed. <laughs> um, but anyway, yeah, sorry about that. Uh, it's, it's really um, a little weird, I know, but this plant is super fascinating. It's called Silphium. So silphium is a really fascinating subject, uh, to me at least, because it was one of the most important and popular plants in antiquity. We have numerous, numerous references to it, and it even consistently, um, and actually almost exclusively, featured on Cyrenian coinage, Cyrene being the ancient Greco-Roman city in Libya where silphium was found. So I say found and not cultivated, not exactly, because uh, some believe that it was one of those very particular type plants that needed a very, very specific environment in which to thrive, making it very, very hard to grow, um, which is possibly why it went extinct, or at least part of why it went extinct. I mean, obviously, it is clear to me that my houseplants may, in fact, uh, be silphium. Um, (laughs) I mean, I try my best, but they are very hard to keep alive sometimes. Um, But it's this fussiness and also the fact that it was recommended for a huge number of medical uses. um, that's, That's probably why it went extinct. Hard to cultivate, requiring an airy and sandy environment. Oh, side note. Oh, my gosh. Maybe silphium is spice. On Arrakis? I don't know. Holler at me if you already saw Dune, because I would love to talk about it with you. Um, but it was also just incredibly popular. One of its most popular uses, in fact, was as an abortifacient. As the word implies, this is something which induces a miscarriage or abortion. Now, I think the reason learning about this plant was so interesting to me right now is probably the now not-so-recent but still incredibly jarring developments in abortion rights in the USA. Obviously, I don't believe that actions or beliefs of the past must dictate either our feelings or policies today, but as a lover of history, I have always found the narrative in the U.S. around abortion 
to be as fascinating as it is painful. The fact of the matter is that for much of human history, humans, and women, have chosen to end pregnancies for a wide variety of reasons, from health to wealth to scandal to simply choosing not to have another child. The concept of the quickening has been key here. This is the point at which a pregnant person actually feels the fetus moving within them. Basically, until this point, uh, historically a fetus wasn't considered a human person. In the Bible, in Genesis, there is also a reference to the moment of first breath, as when a baby receives a soul and therefore becomes human and worthy of, of human rights. Uh, yet the narrative today in our world is imbued with religious and implied cultural, like traditional, type values that aren't actually based in real historical tradition, or at least not long-standing historical tradition. I would definitely agree that the last 60 years have seen uh, tradition being formed, especially for evangelical Christians, of, of um, taking a strong stance on this issue. But, but previously, the, the, this, is, this is a, a recent thing that, that has recently, I would argue, be used for political purposes um, and really doesn't have all that much to do with caring about babies at all. Because if you did care about babies, then you would care more about social policies for them after they are born. But anyway, getting back to the history of it all, in England, for instance, abortion wasn't even illegal until 1803, which may sound like it was a long time ago, but it really, really isn't. So when I come across information like this, like about Silphium, um, I find it just a really interesting thing to dive into to try to understand how human perspectives have, have evolved and changed uh, throughout history and are still evolving and changing. Okay, so let's leave the bleak landscape of our current world behind and refocus on ancient history. Silphium had a wide variety of uses. You could treat warts, you could treat fever, you could treat sore throat, cough, random aches, indigestion, all kinds of stuff. Strabo and Areteus discuss its medical uses at length, and it was also sometimes given as an aphrodisiac. You could also cook with it, and while I haven't yet found an account of exactly what it tasted like, I did find this incredible passage in Aristophanes' play, Birds, wherein one Pistheterus is preparing a meal, and he's so focused on this work that he doesn't notice that Heracles, that Heracles, has actually shown up. All right, these are direct quotes, starting with stage directions from the play Birds by Aristophanes. Pistheterus comes out of the thicket, followed by slaves, who are carrying various kitchen utensils. One of them sets up a table, on which he places poultry dressed for roasting. Pistheterus. Hand me the cheese grater, bring me the silphium for sauce, pass me the cheese, and watch the coals. Heracles. Mortal, we who greet you are three gods. Pistheterus. Wait a bit till I've prepared my silphium pickle. Heracles. What are these meats? Pistheterus. These are birds that have been punished with death for attacking the people's friends. Heracles. And are you going to season them before answering us? Pistheterus, looking up from his work for the first time. Ah, Heracles! Welcome, welcome. What's the matter? End quote. 
So we know it was good in sauces and in pickles. And we actually think it might be related to the fennel family of plants. So perhaps that's along the lines of the taste that you would get from silphium, which I actually hate. Uh, I hate the taste of licorice, anise, fennel, all of that. So I guess I wouldn't have been much of a fan. Now, as I mentioned before, this plant was so unbelievably popular that it was the primary export of Cyrene, and its extinction ultimately contributed to Cyrene's downfall. It was so critical to the city that, as I mentioned, almost all of its coins featured images of the silphium plant or seeds, and it's the seeds that lead me to the story of the woman that I wanted to share with you today. You see, the silphium seed looks remarkably like what we would now call a heart symbol. You know, the image that looks like almost nothing like an actual human heart. Um, But it looks like it so much so that it's actually a possible contender for the origin of this symbol that we now see everywhere, stuffed between the words I and whatever city in which you happen to be buying a cheap sweatshirt. The story comes from Pausanias' description of Greece, wherein he describes the encounter between a young woman and uh, the Dioscuri, who you may know better as the god-twins Castor and Pollux, who sometimes appear to travelers as St. Elmo's fire. Quote, Each year, the women weave a tunic for the Apollo at Amyclae, and they call tunic the chamber in which they do their weaving. Near it is built a house, said to have been occupied originally by the sons of Tyndareus, but afterwards it was acquired by Formian, a Spartan. To him came the Dioscuri in the likeness of strangers. They said that they had come from Cyrene and asked to lodge with him, requesting to have the chamber which had pleased them most when they dwelt among men. He replied that they might lodge in any other part of the house they wished, but that they could not have the chamber. For it so happened that his maiden daughter was living in it. By the next day, This maiden and all her girlish apparel had disappeared, and in the room were found images of the Dioscuri, a table, and silphium upon it. End quote. Okay, I know, not the most action-packed tale of all time, but I think the implication here is pretty clear. The Dioscuri, or like a couple of dudes pretending to be gods themselves, met a nice young lady and absconded with her, or uh, hopefully she happily went along with them. I like to think that that's what the heart-silphium symbol implied. I mean, good for you, girl. You get that devil's threesome, and with twins, no less. All right, thanks for tuning in. You might want to look up these terms to learn more. Silphium is spelled S-I-L-P-H-I-U-M. Cyrene, uh, the place that silphium is from, C-Y-R-E-N-E. Dioscuri, D-I-O-S-C-U-R-I. Okay. And as a final end-of-episode housekeeping, um, I just finished recording my first audiobook called Find Your Life on the Road, which is all about RV living by Casey Sturtevant. Whoop! So uh, if you hear this, like my voice, and want to pay me to say nearly anything you want, please feel free to reach out. You can find my website at ashlinspeaks.com. That's A-S-H-L-I-N-N speaks.com. I am also still going strong with Utopia Italia, which is a project aimed at sharing the quirks of living in Italy. You can find it on Instagram at utopia.italia, or subscribe directly to the essays and podcast at utopiaitalia.substack.com. 
www.housekeepingwithmelissa.com. I promise it is a pretty damn good time. That's it for housekeeping. Thanks for listening, and I will catch you next time. Oh, and uh, don't forget to vote. Vote for women's health care rights. Cheers. Happy Halloween.